All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Hopefully, my microphone's not too bad. My microphone's been tripping. Wi-Fi is tripping. Everything's tripping today. It's Friday the 13th. Are you superstitious? We'll talk about that. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Welcome, Denise, Casey. I see you guys there. You said hello. You guys say Kevin Cummings says putting a, a like on the show. Good. Share this out. Share this out. Okay. So Friday the 13th, I posted in one of the chats. I think it was, well, Peter posted in both about Friday the 13th. And I posted in, in one of the chats. Everybody, uh, you know, the, the number 13 being unlucky um, and superstitious about uh, Friday the 13th is completely uh, a fabrication. That started in, in the year 1207 on Friday, October the 13th in the year 1207. That's when it started. Uh, and that was when the King of France and the Pope in Rome of the Roman Catholic Church, both of them had borrowed fortunes, fortunes from the Templar Knights. Kevin, welcome. Welcome, my brother. Karen, welcome. So the Templar Knights had lent, they were very rich at the time, and they were in embedded in the Holy Land and the whole mines. And they were um, knights of the, of the Holy Roman See, so they were part of the Roman Catholic Church. And, however, they were uh, operating as a complete separate entity, and they had acquired mass amounts of land and wealth throughout all of Europe and Italy and the whole world, for that matter, they owned more land and had more wealth than the Pope in Rome and the King of France combined. Not a joke. To the point where they were lending the, the Pope and the Roman Empire and uh, what was left of it in the French Empire, which at the time owned all of what is now the UK and most of Western Europe. And they owed them a lot of and they owned most of their land. Not a joke. So the two of them got together and formulated a plan on Friday, October 13th in the year 1207 at 7 a.m. Zulu time to arrest and seize 
all the assets of all the Templar Knights worldwide. A complete coup. And it worked. Only in that they arrested a few hundred knights. They did not get any of their money. They did not get any of their land, which they eventually absconded anyways. Uh, they just took it because the knights disappeared and they uh, charged them with heresy and uh, deemed them heretics and, and judged them in their courts and then took their land and confiscated it. But they didn't get any of their money. They didn't get any of their ships. They didn't get any of their military might. They didn't get any of their troops. They didn't get any of, uh, of anything. Their entire structure just disappeared and, and moved away. I'm not going to get into details of where it went, but most of the free world has them to thank for everything that they did, the entire money system, the monetary system um, that has been corrupted now, but the entire monetary system, including the check and credit card system that we use was invented by them. And um, so if your name was on that list, you were not lucky. And now, you know, hundreds of years later, 600 years later or so, it has now uh, become this myth that Friday the 13th is unlucky and it's evil. But, you know, we talked about this. A lot of people talked about this in the uh, class chat for Law of One. That the number 13, in fact, is the opposite. But it's, it, it's been corrupted and utilized by, you know, the powers that should not be to, uh, to convince you that the number 13 is, in fact, um, you know, evil or superstition. So they propagated this for generations to get everybody to believe that the number 13 was scary. So the people would never unlock the, the, the true uh, value of the number 13 along with everything else. Right. We just talked about this last week uh, on uh, in, in, we'll be getting to that uh, in going forward with it on the law of one. That's why I bring it up because everything it, it's bizarre how, um, when you look at scripture and the way they have it set up for the world, the last Sunday and this Sunday, what's going on in the entire Christian uh, religion worldwide and the Hebrew religion and the Muslim religion worldwide, the message that is being broadcast to the world right now from these religions is in fact what's happening. Uh, and, you know, there's a, some question about uh, how much of that plays a factor with them um, setting this stuff up in a certain way and uh and that having an effect on on the world this is what we're here to talk about with the law of one living the law of one you know because i have said this since i was a kid and people looked at me like i was purple i was like 12 years old and i was saying that our energy matters and how we look at people and how we judge people in our minds uh is what kind of energy we're projecting onto that person so when you get mad at someone, say there's somebody in your house, so hold um, a brother, sister, cousin, uncle, aunt, doesn't matter, father, mother, grandparents, doesn't matter. Pick one. You have one. Everybody talks about that crazy, weird uh, Uncle Eddie, right? That's why they had that character in, in uh, uh, the Christmas, uh, uh, National Lampoon Christmas movies, right? Because everybody has that weird uncle, right? Weird perverted uncle or drunk uncle or whatever, right? Or all of the above. So you look at that person and you say, like, especially with kids, parents who are not awake, they go, oh, he's useless. The guy's a moron. He's, he's absolutely useless. He's a drug addict and he's just a waste of life. Well, you saying that about him 
is putting that energy on him. You're not saying I love my son and he's going to get better and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm keeping the positive energy for him. Some people do, and I'm not saying that everybody doesn't. What I'm saying here is that, and I, what I've always said my entire life, is that we need to be very diligent about the energy that we um, that we put out and project on other people. Do you think we we have this we have this innate needing to make up stories about people when we see them? We do this. You do it all the time. You just don't know you're doing it. You see a stranger. You look at them. You immediately try to make up a story about them when you see them person's walking the dog and you look at their clothing, the dog, and you think about that person. What is that person? What is their life? What, who are they? And you start making up a story in your mind. So if you see someone, that's why, it's, let's go back to why in the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, you could tell who the pirates were because they were, they dressed a certain way. They were always dingy and dirty. They, they did that to their faces, their arms, their hands were dirty. Their fingernails had dirt under grime under the fingernails. And whether you knew this or not, whether you were paying attention in the movie or the, the or not, they looked a certain way, so you knew they were uh, immediately. But yet, all the people in the in the movie didn't know they were uh, pirates until they did something. Or like with Jack Sparrow, he pulled up his sleeve uh, or his bandana they had wrapped around his arm and saw that he had been branded with a P by uh, for pirate by the East India Trading Company. Before that, they didn't think that he was a pirate uh, for sure. Well, we obviously, the second we saw him, knew that. So the whole movie was put together for children so that you know what the pirates look like. They do that all the time when they make a, a person who's in a show on television or a movie. And you know instantly when you look at them, oh, this person has the drug makeup on, whether you think that to yourself or not. Jen, welcome. Whether you think that uh, uh, or not, right? Yeah, Kevin says. Kevin said it's all entrapment. Yeah, absolutely, bro. That's my point. That's where I'm going. So that's why I love when you're here, Kevin, because you get all this stuff. That's why you don't need to be in the class. But I love it when I when the smart people and most of you that are in here are smart people. Uh, in fact, I, I would say everybody that's in here are smart people. So you guys, none of you really need to be in the class. So I love when you're here. Uh, but then again, you guys contribute. And then people who are listening around the world here, that's why I love reading to you guys what, what you have, right? So Karen says, yeah, you should never say, I'm going to put this up on the screen. For those of you on the MP3 broadcast, you won't be able to see it anyway, but I'll read it to you. Karen says, you should never say you're worried about your kids or others. You're projecting that scenario onto them. Absolutely correct. She further continues with, better to tell them that you're concerned, not worried, that you can change time because you can change timelines, she says, without knowing uh, it for uh, for someone. Yes, you can. You can change everything about their future because you're projecting that on. I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios, okay, that happen in real life. And because of that, uh, people, I, I knew this guy. Let's go back to that. I was living with, I was in early 20s. No, 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 I'm wrong. I was in my late 20s, early 30s at the time. Okay. And I was, I had, I had roommates and one of them was, uh, I, I still talk to her. She's on Facebook. She's in another part of the country and we're still friends though. And, um, we were watching racing. It was, um, I think it was, it, it was a big race. It wasn't the Daytona 500, but it was something like that stock car, NASCAR. 
And I was leaving from our house and going over to my mom's house. And when I got there, my mother had to race on. My whole family was raced. My father used to race, knew the fathers of like, he knew Richard Petty, he knew Richard Petty's father. Uh, so he knew those guys when, you know, back in the day. Uh, I was going to be a race car driver and so was my brother, but my father died. And my brother and I didn't have the heart and we never went on with it. We went about our lives, but we were going to join NASCAR and my father was going to be uh, one of our mechanics and building the engines for us. So, but we never, we both lost the heart and never did it. We still watch NASCAR. I'm a fan. I still watch it religiously. I call that church. As a matter of fact, so does my niece because they do have a sermon at the beginning of every race. They play the national anthem and they have a sermon. So we call that church. So if somebody says, what are you doing on a Sunday? I'm in church. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll call you back. Uh, it's okay. You can call me back in like five minutes. But right now there's a sermon going on. So in church for us means unless, you know, because we don't go to church anymore because all of us have, have uh, bowed out because of what Kevin said. It's all entrapment. Even though it, if it works for you, you can do it. Keep your head down and uh, you can still find the way to heaven through all of these churches. Now, I know that I'm a minister. I have uh, what, four different religious titles from four different religions. Okay, So I'm not knocking that box because if you're if you know what's going on, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So if you know what's going on and you're aware of that, you can ignore it and move on. That's what we're getting to here. Okay, but you also have to be aware of what you say. So I go over to my mother's house that day to watch NASCAR and a, a really good friend of my stepfather's was over, also a, a NASCAR fan. And we were watching the race. Okay, before I left, I was a fan uh, at, at the time. I was a fan of Dale Earnhardt Sr. Drove the black number three. They called him the Intimidator, the Eliminator. He was a swashbuckling race car driver, very aggressive. He taught his son and said to him, it's not the fastest car that wins the race. It's the race car driver that doesn't want to lose. So you don't have to have the fastest car. You just have to be the, the best racer. Okay, so um, I was talking about being fans with him and, and hoping he wins the race. And his son was in the race too, by the way. And so was, uh, he owned his own team. And so was Michael Waltrip. And this is why I think it might've been the Daytona because Mikey, Michael Waltrip won the Daytona 500. He won that race and his son came in second and he was going to come in third. So my roommate, she says to me, I hate that guy. I hate him. I met him and he's a total asshole. I hope he fucking crashes his car and I hope he fucking dies. He, she said those words to me. I said, you need to be careful and don't talk like that because of the energy that you have. You don't know what that's going to do. Fuck him. All right, fine. I'm leaving. I go over and I'm watching racing and I mention it to, to uh, Fred, who is the, uh, my stepfather's best friend. And he says, she shouldn't talk like that. I said, I know, Fred, I told her that. So we're watching the race. Lo and behold, on the last lap of the race, Sterling Marlin, through no fault of his own, racing was being blocked out by Dale Earnhardt senior because he was trying to make sure that they came in one, two, and three, the team that he owned his son and, and Michael Waltrip in front of him and his brother, his older brother, Michael Waltrip's older brother uh, um, was announcing he'd retired and he's announcing. So he had a stake in it as well. You know, he didn't own any part of the team, but that was his little brother. So, Sterling Marlin's trying to get past them, and he was also a, star, a swashbuckling race car driver, and he went to push Dale Earnhardt out of the way, went and, and literally, you know, pit maneuver him 
to get him out of the way so that he could get in third or maybe even cut, get a slingshot up to second or first. In doing so, Dale Earnhardt crashed and he died from his wounds because the crash was so hideous. When that happened, the phone rang when they, when they announced that he had died, which was almost instantaneous. When he crashed, most of us, including uh, uh, the, the announcers, were like, is he okay? He's not getting out of the car. That was a very bad sign. So instantly we knew that there was something very wrong, and it didn't take but five or ten minutes, and everyone realized that Dale Sr. had died in the car crash. And the phone rings, and it's my roommate, and she's crying, and she said, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I said that about him. And I said, you know, you shouldn't have said that. Fred says, give me the phone. And he takes it out of my hand and he starts yelling at her on the phone. This man was older than I am now. He's yelling at her on the phone. He says, this is your fault. You did this. You were warned not to talk, to give this kind of energy to people. And you did. And look what happened. And she was hysterical. And I felt bad for her. But he was right. And he wanted to use that. He was said afterwards, that was mean of me, but she needs to learn right now, right here to never do that again. And um, she felt bad about that for as long as I've known her. Okay. Which was good because there was a good learning curve from that. So the energy that you project, I'm going to give you another example as well. So the energy that you project onto people, just like Karen just said, and you can literally cause them harm. You need to be aware of that. I know that my, if my microphone's cutting in and out, it's because my Wi-Fi is down to one little teeny stick right now. I apologize for that. Um, well, hopefully it'll come back up. It's, for some reason, it only happens on Fridays, and it only happens. I know Friday's busy, but it only happens on Fridays, and it only happens when I'm on the air. I don't care if I was playing my video game right now, which takes even more RAM to run, 10 times more RAM to run than this game, uh, and we'd get kicked off if the if Wi-Fi signal was this low, doesn't have this issue. Anyway, so... So that so you you have to be aware because it's not just to know that there's and this is what Rob was just talking about. You know, I haven't started playing it again, but last week we were, we got to this point. Rob was warning about the energy uh, being projected onto. Thank you, Casey, uh, because I'm literally looking at one stick. <laughs> thank you. She says you're good. You're good, brother. She said, right? Give me a thumbs up. Thank you. Uh, cause I'm literally looking up and it's one, one bar, man. I'm barely on the air right now. So, uh, so the energy that you project onto people, you're driving down the road. Um, these are just examples that are generic. Now you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off. What do you do? You get angry. You start flipping them off, honk your horn, flick their lights at them, you drive up in front of them and cut them off. What is that creating? That's creating a scenario where, where you might actually hurt. And you guys have seen the videos. And if you haven't, you should watch them where somebody did that right? Somebody was trying to, to cut them off and they cut the guy off back. And then the guy was like going after them and then goes in front and then ends up wrecking on the highway. That happens all the time. And that was because that guy was an asshole, right? Uh, and the guy that was in the car that was filming was like, what is this guy's problem? And sometimes they're just trying to get away from the guy and he ends up doing it. So my point is those people with their negative energy cause themselves, but what happens if they get into a wreck and kill someone else? What happens if you're doing that and you pull up because you're mad in the moment and you cut somebody off and it scares them and they turn really sharp and the next thing you know, you cause a, a two or three or 10 car pileup and, and some people die. You're now a murderer. And if somebody was filming on their dash cam 
you will go to jail for the rest of your life because of your thoughts, not being able to control your ego, not being able to control your anger because of not being able to control your ego. And you wanted to get revenge, which is ego. And then that caused people to die. What happens if nothing else happens and you wreck yourself and kill somebody in your car or die? Do you see you have to think about these consequences now, way before any of this happens? I refuse to do that. When I'm driving down the road, if somebody cuts me off, I go, look at that guy, right? Just watch. And I've talked about this a hundred million times on my show. Watch that person because he's going to run into somebody or she is going to run into somebody exactly like them in less than a quarter mile because they are doomed and destined to run into each other. Why? Because that is their attitude and they will find each other because that is the law of, of uh, you know, the, the law of attraction and, and, and the law of averages and everything else. It's also karma. Right. Denise says, I always tell people, don't send anything negative out to the universe. Choose your words wisely. I even said that teaching people on uh, casting spells. I am a spellcaster and spell writer. And I've taught people for many years, decades now, because I'm in my 50s, since my since my teens, I've been teaching people that. And when someone says to me, how do I write a spell that I want to be? Uh, successful. I'm like, you need to be very, 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 very specific. Because if you leave any room for interpretation, the universe will have its own agenda. And it will give you what you want, but not unless you spell out the way you want it. It will give it to you the easiest way. Water flows to the, the point of least resistance. Energy flows to the point of least resistance. So if you say, I want to move to a big house. Does that mean that someone in your family is going to die and you're going to end up with an inheritance to move into that house? You don't know because you didn't, you weren't specific and you just told the universe, this is what I am projecting that I want. And you're not saying I don't want anyone harmed. This is why there's the motto in the European uh, religions that are, uh, you know, 10, a hundred thousand years older than Jesus Christ. That is, do what thou wilt, but harm none. And that is why they say that if you do something that is that is illegal as far as casting spells or against other people, people's wills, you will get back that negative energy three times three. There's that three and three times three again, which is uh, what you, which we know three, six, nine, right? Three times three is nine. So that's three, six and nine. People don't realize that that and even in Wicca. Even in the Druid religions and the Wiccan religions, the pagan religions, they don't realize what three times three means. It is literally three plus three plus three. Three times three equals nine. So that is three, six, nine. That is my intention plus the, you know, that's the charm of making. My intention plus time, space or nature and, and time, space, reality. And my intention into that to make something happen becomes the hex boson, the God energy. So that means that if you do something askew, you're going to get that back because you're doing something negative. You're getting back that energy now because you've put it out there with the nine energy, you're going to get it back the same way. And people don't realize that's what that means. Now, here's another example. I was 17, 18, maybe 17 or 18. My, uh, my first wife, her and I at the time were not married. She was married to her first husband and, and, and um, 
I'm not sure if she, I think she already had their child. And so they, they were on the outs at this point, which they ended up not getting together. Okay. But she was angry with him because he was mean to her and which he was and physically as well as mentally. And we went out to miniature golf. Yes. Back in the day, some of you don't even know what that is because most of the, if not all of the miniature golf places around the world have been closed. So some of you don't even know what that is. We went out to miniature golf. There was one that was there for decades in the city that we grew up in, in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. So we were at that, this night, a Friday or Saturday night. I don't remember which, but it was a weekend. And we went to miniature golf. And somehow, whether she told him, I don't know. She probably did. I, I'm not sure. Somehow he found out where she was. And he rolls up on his motorcycle, gets her attention. So she goes over to the fence, which was a, the, the, you know, a chain link fence. So she was talking through the chain link fence to him. I didn't go over there. He was a friend of mine. They actually met because I, I actually introduced them. Uh, big mistake, right? But not so much because they had a son, my, my, uh, my ex-stepson now, because I'm no longer married to her, but my stepson, who was a good kid. I say good kid. He's in his 30s. He's a good man. So they got they got into a fight and he speeds off on his motorcycle and apparently he'd been drinking and um he speeds off on his motorcycle and she comes back over and she's oh she's steaming and she's mad and she says i hope he crashes that fucking motorcycle and i said don't say that god you here i am 17 years old don't say that the energy that you put out there to the universe can do damage. I don't care. I hope he crashes that motorcycle and dies for crying out loud. I, I can't stand him. I hate him. And I'm like, just stop. And I was trying to change the subject. I got her to change the subject. We finished our miniature golf, had a great night, took her home. Uh, and then about two o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm at home. My phone rings. I, I answer the phone. It's her. She's hysterical. She's crying. He got into a motorcycle accident because he was on drugs and drinking. He crashed his motorcycle. He wasn't dead. However, he almost died because when he crashed, he the handlebars pierced his abdomen, ripped open his abdomen, and he was on the ground when the EMTs got there trying to tuck his intestines back into his body, which he have, uh, ended up with uh, severe infection in, in his body because he opened his body cavity and was it was raining and wet and dirty, and he was shoving everything back in, and so he, he almost died because of the infection. But he did not die. He's still alive to this day, as far as I know, unless he's died of something else since. But in, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, he was still alive. Okay. But she's freaking out on the phone. Oh, my God. She says, when I was told that he got into an accident, the first thing in my mind was your voice saying, don't do that. I said, thank God. Learn from this. Pray that he makes it. Learn from this and do not think those thoughts or say those things about people. Right. Kevin says, I'm going to put this up on the screen, Kevin, because this is very important for those of you who have the visuals. You can see this. I'll read this to you. If you're on the MP3 broadcast, Kevin Cummings says the biggest secret is never to get angry. If possible, you can help it. Okay. I would like to, you know, Allison, last Monday, I wanted to, we talked about doing it last Monday. Allison Hayward wants me to, to come on our show. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that after we get off the air tonight. Let's plan it for Monday. I wanted to do it last Monday, but things uh, at were, were really weird. Uh, and just life in general was crazy. So I, that's why I didn't contact you, but I want to do it. 
I, I, I need to come back on your show. It's been a long time. So let's talk after the show tonight. If not, we'll talk tomorrow for certain. Let's plan it. Tell me the time. Uh, it'll have to be in the uh, afternoon, evening, like now, because uh, otherwise, I think you said your times were really early, and that would be like 7 a.m. for me. Um, although that may not be bad. Let me think about that. I could get up. I've used. To, I've done that for many of the shows that we do. Get up early. Mom's still asleep. I can stay in my office, and actually do the show. So uh, again, tell me what the what your times were. I think you said before noon uh, Eastern, which is 9 a.m. for me. So we would have to do it at 7 or 8 a.m. for me, or uh, after your kids go to bed. I'm pretty sure is what what your timeline is. Um, uh, uh, but however, you know, nights, that's why I do it now are better for me than early mornings. Uh, but then again, it, the later it gets, the worse it is because then mom tries to go to bed. So if it's in the daytime, uh, I should really do my show instead of waiting until four, I should do my show somewhere around noon. Uh, uh, that's 3 PM, uh, East coast time. I should start doing that. I may do that with uh, another show that I'm probably going to start because then she's wide awake and, uh, it's before, you know, Right after breakfast, before lunch, <laughs> she's got caffeine going in her, and she's watching TV. She's not thinking it's dark, so she's not thinking it's bedtime. Um, so I am. I probably will start transferring uh, to an earlier time period. So we'll talk after the show, okay? Uh, so just so you guys know, Monday, more than likely, I'll be on Allison's show. So Allison, promote that. So unless <laughs> something crazy happens. Okay. So but what Kevin was saying is true. The, the secret is, one of the secrets to everything is to not get mad. If possible, you have to choose. Everything's a choice. Now, the reason I cover all of this, because what we're covering right now, and I know I haven't even, you know, we're 30 minutes into the show and I haven't even played any of the law of one. But I'm literally talking about what we were talking about last week in the law of one and what we're going to continue forward with right now. So I'm leading into that. So I'm not off topic, guys. If you're going, what are you talking about? Well, if you heard last week's show, you know that I'm right on to what we were talking about. Literally the last question that we were on. Or the last session question answer uh, that we run. So, so your energy and that plays into Friday the Thirteenth and the superstition and uh, propagation of what's going on. Now, um, I don't remember who it was, but it was somebody. Uh, uh, it might have even been. Um, well, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, some of the guys that were in the ancient aliens um, genre who who left, like I did, and got away from that. Uh, even though I still own Ancient Aliens Worldwide, you know, the, the uh, biggest platform on Facebook for uh, alien huntings and, and, and that sort of stuff. And I also own a, um, a, another platform, another group that is all uh, ghost hunting um, and ghost technology, uh, hunting and technology conversations and and that's why you see if you go back in my archives you see that i had ghost hunters on my show different teams around the united states i still am in contact with them they a lot of times want me to uh come on their shows or or uh, talk about you know i just haven't done it uh because of taking care of my mom takes a lot of my time these days so i'm i've really toned everything down to just teaching uh but that, i'll still be doing that i still do uh off off camera okay so the, the whole idea of your thought process, and this was what was said by one of the guys, and, I, and I'm not even sure who it was now because I've talked to so many of them. Um, I'm friends with most of them. They post on my on my pages. Uh, not, not, I'm not saying that to throw names around. Uh, if you guys know me, you know that. Kevin knows most of them too. <laughs> right? So he's here. He knows most of them too. And I think Karen does too. At least Karen. Uh, Karen does. So so one of them said, talking about religion, and this I bring this up again because Tom McDonald in the video that I just posted 
Uh, I posted a few videos of his, the, the one I posted where he was talking about, we'll, we'll give you religion and then we'll give you science to nullify your, your uh, uh, religion. Um, they said, right. And we've talked about this many times and I have as a, as a pastor and studying as a theologian and studying all these religions and having uh, four different religious titles, well, two of which are Christian, but four, one's Roman Catholic and one is mainstream Christian uh, minister title. And then uh, a couple of others, you know, being when the Druid uh, Merlin title and the, and the uh, Jedi, Knight, Jedi master title, all of that is still the same philosophical thought. However, I have said in many theologians, not just me, this is all over the world. Everybody knows this. There was no hell in any religion. Peter Coyle, welcome. I didn't see you there, buddy. Uh, in any religion until it was adopted after, and it was, I believe, the Second Council of Nicaea, which would have been Constantine, or David, no, Constantine, the Second Council of Nicaea, because there was like a 35, someone told me there was 54 councils total in the 800 years Either way, in, in, in most of those, when they were trying to incorporate the Eastern Orthodox Church, one of the concessions that the Eastern Orthodox Church would not be, become and, and agree with the Orthodoxy of the West was until they incorporated the, the devil in hell because the Asians have their seven layers of hell, 13 layers of hell uh, in their philosophic thought when they were trying to convert those people to the Catholicism or Christianity at the time, they uh, just like when they went North, they added Christmas and Easter and all of those that were from the, their gods, the God Pan dying and resurrecting the Kronos dying and resurrecting, uh, you know, uh, and then, and then trying to get Thor and Odin uh, and, and all of the Mav and, and all of the female goddesses uh, that, I, that are mostly prevalent in the uh, pantheon of the what they call Bohemian, the Viking religion, Viking religions, because they're slightly different depending on the country that you go to, but they all have the same base root origin and, and creation story. To to win them over, they changed all of their holidays uh, so that Jesus was born on December 25th, which was in fact the solstice, and and uh, the, that was when you know now they say, oh, Jesus is not there because God was dead. And being reborn into the goddess after he had inseminated her. And then he's born and brings life to the world in springtime. So they changed their whole entire religion to mask it over theirs and say, our God is your God, just by a different name. And the Eastern Orthodox Church did the same thing with the Asians, which meant how hell was invented. But the corruption, and this is where, uh, going back to what, uh, what Kevin said earlier, where everything is a distraction. The, the, the corruption done uh, about the churches is that they loved the idea of hell because the, the Hebrews were all about guilt. Okay. The Jewish religion is all about guilt. You Anybody you know that's Jewish, they'll tell you that. Right. Uh, yeah. Allison, I, um, I was just, we just talked about this last week and uh, yeah, somewhere I'm, I'm being told now somewhere in June. Right. So yeah, summer months, somewhere in June, I thought July, I had heard July. Uh, but uh, but the the message now is more likely he was born in June. So either way, it was he's a Leo. <laughs> Late June, early July. Is that how it works, or is it August? I don't remember. Either way, uh, he. But it was summer. You're right, absolutely. Um, so 
So they, so they, the Eastern, Eastern Orthodox Church had incorporated that religion of the Asians, which now was the devil and hell, and the the cabal, whatever you want to call that, because then now they call that a QAnon conspiracy word. Um, I was just watching that. I'm not going to get into that, but on television, I'm watching all of the television shows that are the most popular television shows on TV, and all of them have episodes that are dealing with these conspiracy theories and calling people crazy. Uh, and and all of the words they use are QAnon, uh, stolen election, uh, cabal. They use all the words that uh, they're fighting against right now that people are using. All the words that the algorithms spit out at them, they turn into uh, crazy, kooky people in every television show. All the FBI shows are doing it. Uh, all, the, all the Chicago shows are doing it. Uh, all the shows that are done by, uh, what's his name? The guy who does uh, all the uh, Chicago uh, Medfire and, and uh, PD and uh, FBI shows. That's uh, the same producer. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but I'm not going to give him uh, praise. Anyways, not just that one producer, but they're all woke. And all the television shows are dealing with the same thing. And it's what they're trying to make sound crazy on television and have been for the last uh, two years, three years now, or more than that, really, forever. So... My point here is that that all of this is the programming. This is what goes back to what Ra was talking about, literally, with the broadcasting of negative thoughts and the programming. When the question was just posed last week at the end of this is where we are. That's why it's taking me so long to get to where we are, because this is important. And then I'm going to go forward. You'll actually hear some of, of Ra. But the question was posed about how many people are physically here uh, in, in that are in service to self and uh, from the from the Orion Crusaders. And Ra's answer was most of them are in the fourth density. Like 90% of them are in the fourth density projecting their thoughts. That's the way they fight is they're not physically on this plane. Only 10% of them are and 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 those 10% are people from this plane there are currently the question was is there anyone and this is in 1981 is there anyone currently as part of the orion crusader group physically on the planet walking among us today raw said no okay so this is why i did all of this to warn you about the energy and i'm going to go on forward with that but i wanted to get to this point because everyone says, oh, we're on a prison planet and there's an overlords and we've lost uh, and we're stuck and we're fighting against the evil empire. They're gone. They were here for a very short time. When the Patal got here, shortly after they got here, they physically left and ran. They left the asylum in charge. They left the people in the asylum, the crazy people in charge of the asylum, and they fucking vanished. They bounced. The second we got here, and I say we because I know that I'm part of the Patal. Most of you are too. You just don't remember it. If you're listening to me, I am a beacon that broadcasts on a, on a not just my, my voice on this show, but the energy I give off is a broadcast energy that goes out worldwide that pulls you and your attention to me. And if you get here and then you go, fuck this, I'm out, this guy's crazy, you're not ready for it. And it's not you that I'm trying to get to. That's why when people are like, you know, you should be doing all this other stuff and you could get rich at this and you can get famous. And a, 
I'm not doing this because I'm in service to self. I'm not trying to get rich and famous. I wouldn't be talking about the law of one. I said this, and I say this every time. If I wanted to get rich and famous, I would I would get myself uh, built the way I was in in my 20s and 30s, which I'm going to get myself back to that physical stature. But I didn't. But I'm, I didn't do it then, and I'm not going to do it now to sell my body. But if I wanted to sell my, I wanted to make money, I would do that again, and I would get myself to be 280 pounds. Uh, bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I would and I would show my body off to the world, and I'd wiggle my penis, right, jiggle it in underwear, tight speedos on camera, and all you guys would go crazy and pay me all kinds of money, and then I would show pictures of my butt, and I'd be on that on that thing. I told you guys I was doing a, a study. I was doing a study for the coalition, and I was the only person that was like, I don't care. I'll look at I'll look at it and, and find out what they're doing in naked women and men. Right. And they were there's certain there's like two main websites right now that everybody tries to get you off of TikTok because they'll ban you and they move you over to Twitter or Instagram, one or the other. And then they have links there to these other websites that they charge you money to just look at their naked body and watch them have sex. OK. And uh, and all of them are on these same websites. So it's orchestrated. We know that it's orchestrated. These people are employed just like bots. Uh, that are employed. And this is what Peter Coyle was referring to in a couple of chats uh, yesterday and today when he was talking about him making sure that people knew he wasn't a bot uh, and that there are, be careful when you're on Instagram, well, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter, every platform, Facebook, it doesn't matter the platform. You have to be careful because there's some of them are actually algorithms and robots. Some of them are employed by governments uh, and a lot of the Chinese are, are employed. They're not just bots. I was investigating that for a while to find out how many were actually robots and how many were people. And I found that they're not algorithms. Uh, and we thought at first they were changing algorithms on me, but it wasn't. There were distinct personalities that were not algorithms. Uh, and, and there was a, a change in their verbiage and their language. And we and it, still, I mean, there's some people saying they could still be algorithms trying to pretend and learning from you. And uh, I was pushing them to try and get them to learn uh, on purpose to see if they would evolve. And if you're a computer, you're going to evolve a lot faster than humans. I don't know if you guys know that I've taken psychological classes and training, right? There's spycraft training and all of this stuff. So I know the difference and I've made it my business. I'm one of the people who pioneered this crap. Literally, I was the one that went to the IRA and said, hey, there's this thing called the internet. You guys need to know about it. And there's this information highway. It's called the internet. And this is what I'm setting up. Do you want it? They were like, yeah, run with it. Right. And so I set up an entire network that, that uh, went on. It's still going on. I don't run it anymore, but it was, I've had this network that I set up online worldwide network of, of chat rooms and all kinds of crap under three different aliases than this one. Okay. And um, it's funny. I say this and my sister literally just said to me last night, Dude, our texts are being sent to someone else. Somebody is paying attention to everything that we do because weird shit only happens with the text when I'm texting you and when you're texting me. It doesn't happen with anyone else in my life. I'm like, well, it's because I'm being monitored. Everything I say and do is monitored on and off world. I have been, this has been the confirmation that I got years ago. Uh, I already knew that I was being flagged and in, in because of the IRA, because of being secret service. Is your secret service for any country? You have spies up your ass with a microscope 24-7. Everything you do, you can't send a, a, a snail mail letter. You, there is no secure. That's why in the military, I don't say it anymore because I'm, I, I don't care. But that's why I used to answer my phone would be advised this is an unsecure line. 
Okay. And anybody who's ever been in the U S military, you understand that 100%. Okay. I, my relatives were the same way. I went to see my sister when I was 17 years old with my father who we went down to San Diego and my brother-in-law who was a lifer in the Navy and designed weaponry that in fact, it was saved uh, like your guys' lives that you don't even know about. But uh, for one, I can tell you now that I couldn't tell you then that he designed for the U.S. government, for the Navy, is the machine that is on the deck of every uh, every single uh, ship that is uh, on the planet that we own or have built for other people. And it's the automatic algorithm system that is sitting there with a Gatling gun, a cyclical rate machine gun. That is, that is a turret that sits and monitors incoming traffic from anything, be it missiles, birds, aircraft, boats, ships, anything, spaceships, it doesn't matter. And if they're vectoring in to that in an attack uh, pattern in any way or getting too close to that naval vessel, this, air, this machine monitors it. And if it gets within a certain distance, this machine will shoot it down. Okay. That was designed, invented and designed by my brother-in-law, by my, my sister's husband. Not a joke. For real. He showed me that when I was 17, and he knew that he could show me that because of who our family was. So he knew that I, that I would not tell anyone, and I didn't tell anyone until uh, probably 10 years ago. I literally already knew that that existed before it was in, in uh, and he said it was going to be in all naval vessels, and I watched it work across the world, still does to this day. It's set up in a, in a white casing that is a dome. It comes up, it's a cylinder, and it has a, a round top to it. And it literally just is a cannon sticking out of it. It moves around on its own. And anything that gets too close, <laughs> with a machine gun, Gatling gun, that fires at a cyclic rate of like 1,000 rounds a second. Not a joke. Okay. And there's other stuff that I still can't tell you because that, that stuff is still classified. But that one's already out there and everybody knows about it. He was showing me all this stuff that he was working on for the government. And he answered the phone every single time. Be advised, this is an unsecure line uh, and would only speak to people. Uh, and who are you and what? And clearance. And then he would go and grab his sat phone, which they had even back then. He'd grab his, you didn't know about that. They didn't tell you about that until movies started talking about it, TV shows. And that was only about 20 years ago. Okay. So let's move uh, forward to all of this. You have to remember, and the reason I tell you what I just told you, I can get away with that now. I'm afraid of them, right? They're not going to arrest me for, for, I didn't do anything. In fact, I helped the federal government of the United States. They know that. That's why Bill Clinton at the time uh, helped uh, get Ireland uh, acknowledged and, and freed as a, as a free and sovereign nation acknowledged by the, the crown of England that they were in fact real, even though they already were since the Easter uprising of 1912. <coughs> Recognize them officially in the world uh, point of view. Anyway, so it, the reason I tell you all that is that kind of, of, of technology and that kind of secrecy has already been going on forever that I'm aware of, okay? You have to realize that what I say and what I am saying about this craziness uh, of, of, you know, people being in the fourth dimension and using their energy to force negative doom and gloom on you, me, and everybody else Yet uh, then I say, look, in the third dimension, you have to be careful what you think about and say about other people because that affects them and yourself, the way you see yourself, self-perception, and the way you see other people. So when somebody does something to you and it makes you mad, which is a choice you have to react, so you let your ego react for you and then you get angry, 
or you think about it, and that's what Kevin was was saying was the secret is to not, right? Oldest business in the world, right? Yeah, Kevin, espionage, right? Or controlling the population. So, yes, Casey said, so are the Catholics though too laugh out loud very guilty uh guilt driven yes because they they changed their religion casey to uh to recruit jews in the beginning the christians were had were it was it was all they were in judum they were in the kingdom of judea uh and that's where christ was so the religion of the of the christians was uh, was trying to convert jews so they had to take on all of the aspects of of judaism and guilt is one of them. It's still that way today. Christianity is very guilt-driven, right? Uh, you know, send me money, send me green, heaven you will meet. Make your contribution and you'll get a better seat. Bow to Leper Messiah. That's a Metallica song called Leper Messiah. Look it up. So, but, the, but it's guilt-driven. They guilt you into coming to their church. And this is where I was going with that message is that they incorporated and they love the idea of hell because then they told you you're going to hell with it for everything. If you watch the movie Kingdom of Heaven, the entire scenario that happened with Balian happened because his brother, which they cut out of the movie, you don't know that that, that priest that he kills is his own brother. Um, they, they just changed that because they needed to shorten the film. So they just said that's not really pertinent to the storyline in the movie, which it was if you read the book or read the history of what really happened. His brother was the priest, and, and the priest was all about guilt. He said, you know, because his wife killed herself. They don't even tell you why his wife killed herself. That in, in and of itself was also a lesson. They took out, they do this all the time in the corruption of stories. They take out the lessons that, they're, that, that the writer is trying to teach you, and then they paint their own narrative that has nothing to do with those lessons that they're trying to teach you to make money, Okay. So I'm not going to get. I'm not going to tell you if you want to look it up. You can look it up. But the the scenario that happened is that that the religion he was Catholic, he was Christian. Right? I say that word Catholic, and people go, "There's no difference." No, it's the exact same thing. You can trace your origin. If you're a Christian religion, your Bible is was written by and published by the Roman Catholic Church. I didn't know that to be true until Moira McPherson, when I was in the, the uh, RCIA, you know. Uh, uh, the right of Christian initiation uh, um, because I was going to get baptized and, and get knighted and I have to go through a year and a day of, of study and learning, which is a pagan thing that they took from the Wiccans and the Druids, by the way, a year and a day before you get a title. You don't just get it. You have to put in an entire year in one day. Uh, and so the Catholics adopted that. The Christians adopted that. The Catholics still do it. You can get baptized day, you know, day three if you're uh, if you're in any other Christian religion. You just walk in. I want to get baptized. Let's schedule it. And they don't care. They throw water on you, wave your hand, say say the say the words. And but the Catholics are serious about it because they know that the build up to it is going to be your energy in a positive way, which is going to be have affect you in in a certain way. They also know that the other way around is true. So they wanted devil because they guilting you and they telling you, you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. And now what you don't realize is that having everybody believe that there is a hell, this goes back to as below, so above, as within, so without. Those are the correct ways of saying those. 
not the other way around. Those are the corrupted ways of saying them so that you think somebody higher than you is in charge so that your mindset, again, the negativity. So your mindset is caste system. There's somebody above me that's in charge and I'm no one. And why is that? Because they have the caste system set up and they're telling you they're your overlords, your kings, and we own everything. That's why I posted that, that video um, the, uh, the, about the system that Tom McDonald, because that's what's his message in that, was it doesn't matter how you vote. It doesn't matter what you decide because everything is mine. And he was singing and the system is the ego. And he's singing from the, and you know that that's the character that he's singing because that's when he has the red uh, contact lenses in his eyes. He usually does that with either black or red. And when he has black or red, he's being the ego. And that's why he does that. So, you know, I'm being evil right now. So when he's being evil, like the devil, he has black. And when he's being the, and he's being the system, uh, the sub demons, some sub devils, then he's got the red. Uh, he doesn't say that out loud, but if you're paying attention and you're and you're and you know what he's doing, you understand his message. So in that, he was being the system and he was singing as the system. When he had the when he did that, there's a video that he has where it's about his addiction uh, to drugs and alcohol and uh, his ego, uh, and he's actually playing two parts. He's playing himself good and himself evil, and his ego, his evil self, is yelling at him and telling him you're worthless and you're nobody and you're useless and all these things and look at you, you can't even get a contract with any company and blah, blah, blah. So in that video that I just posted in returning to the old ways and in the law of one class chat, um, in that video, he's, he's singing as the system, uh, the collective consciousness of this negative energy that is now the negative entity. They want the hell to be there because you're going, you're going to go to hell. You're telling your friends, right? You're going to go to hell. If you don't go, I literally just had, who is a very religious man, my my uh, br brother-in-law, uh, the the uncle to my one of my sister's kids, uh, who I knew, which was odd. Again, I knew him when we were friends before uh, my sister met his brother, and it wasn't because of anything that we did. They met on their own. And then one day he came to school and said, dude, my sister or my brother's dating your sister. And I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, we were like 16. So, so he actually said to my sister, you need to, have Jesus into your heart or you're not going to go to heaven when Jesus returns. Right. So there's that guilt uh, again. And, and that has come from the churches propagating that the only way you're going to go to heaven, same thing with the, you know, the, the Hebrew religion saying all of the religions have this, the, the Mormons, uh, you have to be Mormon. You have to be baptized Mormon or you're not going to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, heaven when we go to heaven, because we know where it is. The same thing with Dianetics with that religion. They all that that's how they sell you the religion is they have to set up the caste system. So they want to propagate because then now we're creating. Okay. We're creating a hell. There was no hell, but now the populace, there's 2 billion people on the planet, 2.7 billion people who call themselves Christians. And that means they all are propagating this concept of hell, this place that exists for spiritual people that are going to go to. Now there is a place uh, and that is, but it's not what you think. It literally halfway through the sixth density, you can no longer, if you're in service to self, you can no longer uh, advance. You're stuck there. That's purgatory. That's hell. You are the furthest away from the light or the creator that you can possibly get. And you are also at the highest, most evil you could possibly get. And you can never overthrow the, the, the ruler or the creator of the entire universe because you can't get past halfway. Okay. 
That's just the way it's set up. They don't want you to know that. They have to erase that and eradicate that memory from you. And they have on every platform with all the scrolls missing uh, until the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And then, of course, uh, with the, the law of one and other channelings that are going on around the world. Okay. So, so they, they have everybody uh, with this guilt. You're going to go to hell. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. And we're creating that because we, they know, remember what Raw just said, that when they're, they're projecting doom and gloom to those people in service to others, but people that, are, that they come across or, or that, that are broadcasting to that are in service to self, they tell them the truth. They don't, they tell them the message that they want them to know. Okay. So that's how these people know that they're aware of how the, how this matrix works because they were told by the people who want it to be under their control, how to control it. You have to tell someone how to control a thing, which means you have to kind of explain how the thing works for people to buy into. This is how the control of a thing works. There's not much you can lie about there to get people convinced to do what your bidding is. You can, you can still not tell them a hundred percent, but you got to tell them pretty close so that they buy into it. Do you understand that? So they have, and they know about it. This is what I've been trying to tell you. And this part of where we are with the law of one is literally telling you that, okay, that that is what they are propagating because they're telling each other the real truth. Okay. So, so right. So Kevin's saying it's like a, it's kind of like a, a, a mental illness. It is because they, they get into your mind and they corrupt you. And through the negative thoughts, negative bombardment, negative programming on television and everything, radio, the, the internet, everything. And it's subtle. It's in ways that if you're not paying attention, you don't see it. And people call me paranoid. Man, you're just, you're fucking tripping, dude. You've done too much drugs in your lifetime and you're tripping. Because that's what they tell you. Anyone who says these things are out of their ever-loving minds and they're tripping. Until one day when you wake up and you go, oh, my God. All right. I literally had people say that about me. Oh, my God. I was listening to him and he's saying all this crazy stuff. And I thought that he was crazy. And then all of a sudden one day I went, you know, that's the stuff that he was saying. My God, I'm starting to think like him. I'm starting. Oh, my God, I must be losing my mind. And then you think about it and you look around and and the more you see it, the more it's there. My sister, one of them, I have four. One of them, I was explaining to her all these symbols that are literally in front of your face that you don't realize is a symbol for Satanism or Saturn or, or Luciferianism, that they're showing each other straight up what they're propagating. And you don't realize that it's incorporated into their brand. And you just think like Taco Bell with that bell, bong, because they show you this, this Adobe style house with the Adobe bell, which was in all of the religions across the United States or the world. Uh, and de definitely out here in California uh, where they, because the missions are all still here uh, in, in California, all these missions that were built hundreds of years ago are all still standing to this day. You can go visit them. I haven't toured them, but I used to sell uh, a product uh, when I was in the craft store for kids because in the, in the, they used to teach it in the curriculum in schools here, and the kids would build it out of styrofoam every year, their favorite uh, mission, or they had to pick a mission and build it. And um, uh, we sold the kits 
uh, and the kits were not illegal. So you didn't have to do it from total scratch. And that was the biggest product in the springtime for uh, grade school kids because they would all come in and buy these things so that they could build their mission for their uh, midterm. Okay. So they show you that bell and they have the sound of a bell going bong, bong. And they even have it on their commercials that everything, as soon as it, you hear the bell, it's ring the bell, feed the dog. It's literally a scientific experiment that, that people know when they, and this is literally Pavlov's dog. Pavlov was a scientist and Pavlov realized and started realizing that animals, dogs is what he was using could be programmed that if he went to, every time he fed the dog, he rang a bell. And then, and then he fed the dog. He realized that every time he rang the bell, the dog would start salivating because it knew it was going to be uh, uh, getting the, the, uh, uh, the food. This is why if you watch the commercial for Chewy, the two dogs are sitting there and the one dog says, it says, oh, the peanut butter box is here. The peanut butter box is here. He says, it's not the peanut butter box. It's when mom buys our medicine. She just puts it in the peanut butter, Lenny. And his name is Lenny. My name's Leonard Lenny. And he's like, the peanut butter box is here. And he's all excited. Why? Ring the bell, feed the dog. For those dogs, the bell is the box. And that's what they're using as a metaphor in that commercial. And people just laugh because they don't understand the metaphor. The same thing is going on with Taco Bell. They're using the bell on television. And when people hear it, it programs them. No matter what they're doing, you have to stop what you're doing and go to Taco Bell right now because you're you're hypnotized by the bell, the sound of the bell. And that becomes... The, ring the bell, feed the dog. Pavlov did the test. Ring the bell, feed the dog, and the dog would salivate. You can do this with your animals. They do it all the time. You shake the box. They do that with the commercial for the cat thing. Be careful what you shake. You shake the the, the box or you shake the little – I used to do that with my cat. I had little treats, and I would shake it, and he would come running, man, because he knew he was going to get a treat. That that's That is literally programmed response, okay? We humans have it as well. And, they, and they've proven this. And, and now the reason, where am I going with all this? Because I'm showing you that you're susceptible. This is what Kevin was alluding to a minute ago, right? And when he said it's like a, a type of mental illness, he just said that a few minutes ago. It's right there on the screen, right? So, I mean, I didn't put it up on the screen for you guys to see, but it's there in the chat if you're sitting there. It literally just got ticked up with when, when Casey said that's horrible, but it's true, Casey. So we humans do the same thing. Another uh, company, and I think it was... Uh, um, Domino's just as they were taking the pizza part off their name because they're selling pasta. I believe it was Domino's, but it, don't quote me. It was one of the fast food restaurants and they did a study. They did this with wine too. This is here in the United States. They did a study where they said your expectations of certain foods or wines, uh, you know, and they just did this again. Literally the other day, I watched this on the news with a wine. It was a cheap wine, two buck Chuck, Charles Schwab, I think that's what it was called. I, I'm, don't quote me because Charles Schwab is a is an investment group. Charles something. Everybody called it two buck Chuck here in the United States because it was a dollar ninety nine for a bottle of wine, which is you know uh, the halfway decent stuff is fifteen to twenty dollars, and then it goes all the way up to thousands of dollars for one bottle of wine, tens of thousands of dollars. Does that mean that those bottles of wine, because they're very expensive, are very good? Some of them, yes. I got a bottle of wine that was from Chile given to me one Christmas by a guy who was from there who said to me, this is a very expensive bottle of wine. Now, now, did that enhance what my expectations were? Maybe so. Here's the point. They went to an Italian restaurant, which was an upscale Italian restaurant where you would pay like $75 for a plate. That's not like the, you know, high, high end because those are $1,000, $10,000 a plate. 
And the people's expectations were, this is the greatest Italian food in the world that we have here. We're paying $75 a plate. And they brought in like Taco Bell or, or Domino's or literally, not a joke. They brought in their pasta that they were trying to sell to the world. And they didn't tell the people and they gave it to them and then asked them on camera, what do you think? They thought they were filming a commercial for that restaurant. They were like, oh my God, it was great. It was, I, this was, well, which one did you like? We had two for you to choose here. One was the actual one from that restaurant and the other one was from like Domino's. I don't quote me if that was it. So Domino's, if it wasn't yours, please don't get mad. Although I am giving you guys a, a, a hand up there. So the people chose the one that was like $1.298 from a fast food restaurant and said it was the best one they ever had because their expectation was these were two plates made by the chefs that got that had to pay millions of dollars to get their chef uh, uh, license if at this Italian restaurant that are Italians from Italy with these recipes that are thousands of years old. They never know one. Even people who called themselves connoisseurs of this uh, never could tell the difference between the two. And then they said, this is from Taco Bell or wherever it was. And they were like, no way. And they're like, yes, it is. You could buy this for $5.99, feed your whole family. They did it with two buck Chuck. They just did it on the air with another uh, wine that was cheap where they had these people test and taste them. And they said to this one woman, you know, what kind of wine do you normally buy? Oh, champagne. And she said, oh, I always spend uh, $100 a bottle on this champagne that I like. And they said, okay, here, here's these two champagnes. One is your $100 a bottle and one is not. But they didn't tell her it was cheap. They just said it's another uh, expensive uh, champagne. And she tasted it and she liked the one. And he was like, this is $5 for a bottle. She was like, what? And he was like, yeah, the other one that you didn't like is the one that you pay $100 for. And he was like, what did you learn from this? And she's like, that I shouldn't, that I'm overpaying for champagne. And that was the whole point. So your expectation is what drives. And so if they're telling you you're going to go to hell and you think I'm going to go to hell, then you believe that you're going to hell and that's creating a hell. Okay. Do you understand? So, right. Okay. Karen is talking about now. She's telling what I was alluding to, but I wasn't saying she said, and satanic symbolism is in everything. It's got the three sixes in the Taco Bell symbol. It does. So many things do Google. Look at Google, guys. The next time you look at it, it's a circle and it's three. And if you look at the lines, three different colors in the line, which are the, the if you look at those, there are three sixes. If you look at the colors and you trace that with your finger, there are three sixes, six, 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 spinning in a circle. Do you understand? And the same thing, if you look at the Taco Bell symbol, it's in there. You just have to see what you're looking for. It's esoteric. And I showed my sister this to get, well, what was it going with my sister? I showed my sister this one day and I had all these pictures because we had just done, Omar had done a, a, a four-hour uh, event on my for my birthday two years ago. Not my birthday, but the show's birthday two years ago. And, and uh, we had him on two days and it was like four hours one day and four hours the next. And we were talking about, he was showing these images it's still up in his archives. You can go and look there. He's also done it since then with updated versions of all of these symbols for these companies that are in your face 24 hours a day. And you don't realize that what they're showing you is satanic and, and uh, uh, devil worship or, or Satan or Saturn worshipings. Look at the, the look at Saturn, the, the car company. Right. Um, look at look at uh, Xfinity with their crook X. Right. That, that's a Templar X, so they're they're not actually uh, a cabal. 
uh, but you also look at Exxon. Exxon uh, is Exxon with an X, and it's a crypt X. It's that elongated, sideways, slanted X, just like Xfinity has uh, in their in their thing. Though Exxon Exxon Mobil, um, those two are owned by descendants of Templar Knights, current Templar Knights. Okay, and they're they're showing it in their in in your right in your face. It's right there. Anybody that knows what the what the what they call the crooked X, not crooked, but crooked X, because it has like a crutch, has the extra elongated uh, side to the X that goes out to the right on the X. NASA, yeah, let's not even go there, right? NASA with the snake tongue, NASA's symbol and the Air Force, United States Air Force symbol, uh, has the swoosh, the Nike swoosh, and that Nike swoosh is the the Saturn uh, rings of Saturn. And it, the same thing is in the Air Force, U.S. Air Force symbol. And the same thing is in the NASA symbol. It has the swoosh. And it has, like uh, Karen was saying, the snake tongue. Uh, all of that. It's the, the the serpent god, right? You have to realize that those things are uh, inherent. That's why I just showed you uh, on one of my reels that I just put out yesterday, uh, leading into today. And I was going to bring it up. So thank you for the segue, Karen. I don't know if you were aware that I put the reel up and saw that. But that's why I showed you uh, that uh, they literally have went to 53 different caves worldwide on every continent. North America, South America, Asia, Europe, Australia, India, all around the world. And it's in the, if you look at my reels on anywhere, I'm on Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram, YouTube, uh, 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 TikTok. I have reels, the same reel is up. And you can see, I show you a picture of where the origin is and the symbols that are 40,000 years old. That's four zero comma zero zero zero. 40,000 years old. And these symbols are uniform worldwide. Some countries have a few less. Some countries have. And the origin of it is, is simple and obvious. They came out of Europe. Because Europe has the most of the symbols and then everybody else, the further out away from Europe you go, uh, but they have the same base five to seven symbols. One of which is Karen's snake god, serpent serpent uh, symbol. The hashtag that we use today, which is the, what we called the number symbol before or the tic-tac-toe symbol, the hashtag, that's 40,000 years old, people. And it meant something. But these were worldwide in caves. That means that the language, written language of at least alchemists, but of somebody, priests, somebody in some religion or alchemist or something, there was a language that was literally 40,000 years ago that was consistent throughout the entire world. Not the known world at the time, the actual planet we live on. Okay, and it's been proven. They went to 52 or 53 caves all around the world. And there's still others that they're uncovering and they're finding and adding to the list. But they just published this in, I think it was 2017 or, or, or 2018, 2019. It was just published. Okay. They just got all this together and said, guys, look at this. So I put that up as a reel. You can look at the picture uh, and, and you can see the, you know, I didn't put some music to it. And I wrote, 40,000-year-old symbols worldwide. Communication, language, worldwide 40,000 years ago. So again, they're propagating to you that we, right now in the 21st century, are the most technologically advanced uh, because we're worldwide communication and have been for 300 years, 
Prior to that, we, we uh, they'll tell you, well, no, 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 not really. And then the further back you go, 2,000 years ago, oh, my, no, it was, you know, God was angry at everybody, and there was language, so nobody understood each other because he made them speak in tongue. All of that's a lie. All of that's a lie. It's all been incorporated into the negative energy that they're transmitting and propagated to keep you from knowing the real truth. And Raw is literally warning and talking about it, about this is their modus operandi, their MO of what they do and how they do this. And it's and there's no one boots on the ground that are currently of their confederation of their alliance they came here implanted the uh, the information and then the patal showed up we came here to kick their asses off this rock and the 22 other uh, uh rocks that they were on in this sector of the of the universe of this universe and they ran and left okay they're not even here this is why you have people like jesus saying that the devil is already lost it's over this is a mop-up, guys. You need to understand that. You need to realize that. That the only thing there is only, the only prison that you're in is the prison of the mind. And that's if you allow all of this information to distract you. Remember what Kevin said? He said, it's all a distraction. Everything is a distraction to keep you from ever doing anything positive for yourself. And you don't realize that you're propagating it and you've become part of it. This is why Kevin again said it's it's sort of like a mental illness because it is. You don't realize you're infected because you're not paying attention. Remember what I always say, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. I didn't coin that phrase. I borrowed that the first time I heard it uh, used in, in, a, in, a, in a way that I was like, wow, boo, lights went off, was when I was a teenager, 15 years old, reading Frank Herbert's uh, 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 book, the, the Dune Saga, which was four or five novels. And uh, the Mentat, which one was it? It wasn't Piter. It was the other one. I can't think it was, was it Gurney? No, Gurney Halleck was not. He, that was Patrick Stewart was in the movie play Gurney Halleck. I can't think of his name, but he was a Mentat. He was a human computer. And he was trained Paul Atreides, one of the people who trained Paul Atreides. And he said that to Paul, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. Because he said, we're going to uh, Dune, Arrakis, uh, and it's a trap. And he said, of course, it's a trap. The first, and that's what he said to Paul. Of course, it's a trap. First step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So they went there knowing that it was a trap and his father was still killed and they still took over his empire. But all of that had to happen so that Paul and his mother would retreat into the, to the open desert and meet up with the desert people and use, and that was their army. It's the same scenario that was used for Star Wars where they had to be uh, chased to a forest moon where they went and they were Darth Vader was there and they were trying to figure out what they could do. And it turned out the Ewoks were there, these little teeny guys, but they were an army. And with them, that little band of rebels with this army of Ewoks that are three foot tall, were able to defeat the empire uh, on the moon and turn the tide and destroy the, the uh, uh, Death Star once again and turn the tide of, of the entire war. See, so it's the same scenario playing out that you see where sometimes a lot of help comes in small places uh, in that in the same scenario was in uh, Lord of the Rings with the hobbits, right? Short little teeny people 
uh, humans, uh, one of the humans says they would be, you know, was it that, that uh, Strider said uh, Aragorn uh, when he was still, I think he was, I think you knew him as Aragorn. Then he was already had transformed. You realized he was Aragorn, not Strider, but Strider was his name as a, as a, uh, as one character when he was in hiding anyway. So Aragorn said to one of the guys, they, they would appear as children in your eyes because they were no bigger than eight-year-olds or, or seven-year-old human children. But they were the key. And that's where the whole entire thing was, right? They were able to carry the ring. Frodo was ever able to carry the ring because it didn't corrupt him as fast as it did humans because they were so innocent, living in the Shire, not corrupted. They were mostly in service to others, not in service to self. And because of that, they had more defenses against the dark arts, more defenses. And that was why uh, in in, um, in the movies with, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't think of his name from Hogwarts. Uh, he was the same way. He was brought up uh, the same way. He was brought up hidden with people. And of course, he was beaten down and, and people were mean to him. His uncle was mean to him. And and everybody treated him like crap. So he had a very humble existence. And because of that humility that he had, he wasn't corrupted. Uh, and, and well, as it also turns out, he was also uh, half of the bad guy. He was the good half of the bad guy, which is the same scenario they used in Star Wars with uh, with Ray and uh, 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 what's his name? Solo and Leia's son. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, where they were literally a divergent. They were both one and one was evil and one was good, but they were not truly good and not truly evil each. They were the yin and the yang. And so they both had both uh, uh, traits. And that scared uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, Luke, scared him to death because he didn't see it. And this is what scares people about me is a lot of psychics look at me and go, I say, I see a dark side of him and I think he's evil. And no, you just see that I am embracing the energies of the universe. I am not embracing their religion. I am not in service to self, but energy in the universe is energy in the universe, be it light or darkness. It is still the same energy because it is from the same creation. It is what you do with it, with what your soul transmutes determines whether you're good or bad. The energy is still the same. When you try to see things in black or white, there is no evil energy. There's not an evil tree. Okay. There's not an evil plant. There's not an evil wind. There's not evil water. Okay. Everything in the universe outside the choice of humans, outside the choice of your soul is only just. Do you see? It is what has been created and it serves its function. It is when it becomes self-aware that it then has the right to choose what to do with the nature energy of the universe that created the innate energy in the universe. So it takes consciousness, sentientness to choose. Do you see? Right. And yeah. And a ring in marriage actually symbolizes the, the rings of Saturn. Well, that's been corrupted as well, right? But it, but it came from slave rings. You're absolutely right, Karen. It came from slave rings, uh, and but it was a symbol of, of unending love. So everything that was that was used in a positive manner was corrupted, and has been corrupted into a slave bond, right? So originally, if you go back far enough, the slave bond came from 
that. That's why people look at the pentacle, which is the five-pointed star with the point up, and the pentagram, which is still the same exact five-pointed star, but with the point facing down. One's positive and one is negative, aspects of the same whole. One is in service to self. That's the, the pentagram. The pentacle is in service to others, and that's the one that has the point facing up. And people are like, it's just a point. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to you because you don't understand it. And that's what Karen is talking about here. The ring doesn't matter to you. However, here's the truth about the ring. The ring is if you don't know about it and, you don't, and you're not uh, susceptible to it, your love, because I just talked about this uh, with, with Reese, who's not here tonight, but he was in the chat earlier. And he said, I don't know. I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure that I'm being attacked psychically. How do I combat that? And I, and I said, you, you reflect the energy back to its source by greeting the, that energy with the love and the light of the infinite creator. Your love, if you're truly a, a person who is in service to others and you love, then you love yourself and you love others, that repels any negative energy that tries to bombard you. That's why you see these people who are oblivious to it. And you're like, well, what if these people are oblivious to it and they're not affected by it? How is that possible? Because they are actually in service to others, great people, good people, and they have love in their heart. They surround themselves with love. They do not associate in any way with the negative uh, information. So therefore, it touches them less. This is why the true knowledge is, is, is uh, not good in, if you don't know that there's a trap. Do you understand? This is why I did the defense of the, uh, against the dark arts one and two. Because once you start to learn about what's happening around you, then you become more susceptible to it because you're acknowledging it to be a thing. So the same thing, there was no hell until we created it. And now everybody's propagating it and it's manifesting this place. Do you see? So we're, we're manifesting our, our own planet to be worse by projecting a hell onto people. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. That person's going to hell. I hope you go to hell. Go to hell, you. Just by saying those negative things, you're putting hatred and anger into the into this, this creation of hell. Do you understand? So that's where we're getting back to what, what Kevin was saying, where it's kind of a, an illness, because it is. If you're aware of it, first step avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So knowledge is great. This is why ignorance is bliss was what Socrates had, is one of his famous quotes. If you don't know about a thing, <coughs> it can't affect you. So that's why I say to people, if you're going to go to church and you're and you don't know about the corruption and you ignore the corruption and you focus on on the goodness, you can still. And that's why it pisses them off. Okay, is that the the more you learn, the more you have to be defending yourself. The less you know, the less that stuff can affect you. But it still does. But it doesn't affect you on a, in, in, to a degree, and it's really um, susceptible to the ins and outs because if you're not aware of any of it, you're just caught up in it. And that's what Karen is, is, is explaining. So if you're not, if you don't know any of it and you're just caught up in it and then you're just caught up in the daily life and you're not helping, you're part of the, you're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. Okay. So that's why if you don't know about it, it still does affect you because you're propagating that. And that's what Tom McDonald was explaining about, uh, about what, you know, hello, baby boy. He starts out with talking to a boy and telling him all the bad shit that's going to happen to him because the system is set up that way. And then he's talking to a baby girl in the second verse, hello, baby girl. And he's talking to her about all the shit that is set up in the system that's going to wreck her fucking life. You don't know about it, but this is the shit that's going to happen to you in your lifetime because I'm the system and the system was set up that way. 
And that's exactly what Karen's talking about here. And that's why I posted that song because knowing that this is what we were going to talk about today, because knowing this is where raw is. And I know I haven't played anything from raw and I may not today. I may, I may wait till next week, but this is what raw was talking about. We didn't get to finish that last week. And this is what raw is going to continue to talk about. If I start playing any of, of what uh, raw is talking about. Okay. And so that's why I'm reiterating this. And that's why my last three uh, reels and the videos that I posted in the last three, four days have been all about this subject. So if you've been in a part of the class, you got to, it, I already was planting the seed in your mind. If you were in returning to the old ways or in the, in the chat class, or if you follow me on any of my uh, places where I post my reels, you will know it, but I was planting the seed of this conversation in your head. And if you are, haven't seen them after listening to this conversation, you can go and look at those reels and then go and watch the, that video by Tom McDonald. <laughs> and you'll see that that's what he was talking about too. And he released that, like, I don't know when it was, a few months ago now, because he's now got two albums. He just dropped again and just came out uh, not too long ago. Um, but then I linked a couple of others uh, of his stuff. And, and uh, you know, a lot of the people like Casey, she was like, yeah, you know, I've been listening to him. I think Denise said she was she watches him too. And even Peter, it's like, I've been watching this guy for years. So have I, since I first heard about him. Uh, the very first song uh, of his was way back. And I don't even remember the name of it. And then I was then I realized him even more so when he did Woke. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that guy. I remember him from before, but I, I didn't know who he was. And I couldn't remember his name, so I couldn't find him. And now I, and now I follow him. Okay. So, yes, Karen says meaningful manifestation, right? So so she says an urn prior to that. She says an urn sat on – I have to put on my glasses. Pardon me for not having them on. Um, when I'm just on camera or not even on camera, you guys don't see me. I don't have to have my glasses on because I don't have to read. An urn sat on a mantle symbolizes the Saturn. Many things symbolize Saturn. Yeah, there's uh, because of this is uh, what Karen's alluding to. And I'm going to finish her thought why she's saying these things. I've said this before. And I'm going to tie it into what Karen is saying. The uh, and, and you if you watch uh, uh, Omar's video about Saturn worship, the the entire uh, Saturn worship is is because of Satan. Saturn was is it was the symbol of Satan, and uh, and uh, that is the religion of people in service to self. Okay, Saturnism, Satanism, uh, in service to self is their religion. That is literally politics, power, government, business, everything that is the caste system and the monetary system that is enslaving us is their religion, including sexual domination, physical domination, mental domination. That is all part of their religion. You need to realize that, right? People are like, why did that guy rape me? Because he can. He dominated you, demoralized you, took your energy. I did a study and I showed this to people, proved it. Because 25 years ago, 27 years ago, I'm 55. I'm going to be 56 in September. When I was in my late teens, and early 20s, I was teaching people about energy vampires. And they're like, is that a thing? And I'm like, vampires evolved. That was what the entire vampires were about. There are people on this planet who drink blood, but they, do not, they don't gain what they used to from doing that. Your blood is your DNA. Your DNA, your energy, your aura is what they're after. Vampires have always ever sucked your energy from you. They steal it right away from you. They're aware of it. Anyone can do it. Because you're a part of the creator, you can ghosts do it. 
they just can't get your energy from your body as, as easily and readily. So if you have your phone or the equipment, this happens all the time, they suck the energy out of the batteries so that they can then use that energy to make contact in some way by saying, get the fuck out of my house or, or communicating with these guys who are um, ghost hunters. And, and they know it. They're aware of it. They're like, man, all of our batteries just die. Well, that happens when ghosts suck it out. That's what they do. Okay. Uh, are you talking about the, the, the video uh, or the study? I don't have the study anymore, but I can tell you about it. The videos that, uh, that Omar had, you can, you can get. Uh, uh, this, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, Denise, if you have a link, I think Denise may have the link. If not, I'll have to find it. Um, it would, I would have said go to my YouTube page and find it there because uh, there was a time when I had a YouTube page that they didn't deplatform me. So it's no longer there in the archive. But you can go back in the Facebook archives of Orion Rising and find it or just talk, get in contact with Omar. And he'll he'll link it to you. It's at his website, I'm sure. Um, so you can watch his entire study on the, on the whole subject matter. And it, and like I said, the so the so the so the 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 energy of what they're corrupting and what they're doing, you have to realize that is their religion. They know about it. You don't know about it. So they they keep that quiet. That's the secret that they're keeping quiet. Right. That's why I posted that video a while back that everybody liked. They think it's all Christian because it quotes it quotes a, a Christian uh, uh, at scripture where it says uh, literally it says the the devil is is no longer hiding and is out in the open around the planet and the people on the planet still don't see him. That's direct. That's not the actual verbatim quote right there, but it's paraphrasing. But I have that on one of my reels and it has a lion because the lion being Jesus. And then you hear uh uh, what's his name? Uh, Blake Sheldon's song, right? That he was singing God's country. And you hear the verse where he says, the devil went down to Georgia, but didn't stick around because this is God's country. And the reason I posted that song with that video is because I wasn't trying to propagate the negative energy of, well, the devil's here and you're too stupid to see him. It's because the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was getting convincing the world that he didn't exist. And that is the truth. So that, and who is the devil? The devil is this Satan worship and the devil is the propagation of the information of the infiltration of this negative energy infiltrating your life to keep you from uh, learning uh, what you're supposed to learn to ascend. Okay. Yeah. Julie says Omar has been working hard on this. Omar has been working on this for a long time. He's, he's doing a lot about that with that. You guys should take a look at that if you haven't. Um, and he's still doing it. He's got, go to his uh, Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, his YouTube uh, channel. He's still doing it. He was just live like yesterday. He's live like every day. And he's got people on there all the time. And he's working at the same kind of message, literally, right, that all of us are working at around the world. You should take a look at his stuff. Okay. So Karen says, coffee cup. What is this? Did I miss something you said before that? She says, me too. I'm 56 in September, right? Yeah, me too, right? I didn't realize that. Did I realize that we had the same birthday month? I'm the 10th of September, Karen. We're going to be, we're both the same age. We're both born on the same month. I wonder how far apart. Um, I think we talked about this before, but I talked to so many people. I apologize if I don't remember that, that you told me your birthday before, and I'm pretty sure we're close, right? So I think you were the 9th or something or the 12th. Or I think we're close. Maybe I'm wrong. Eighth. I knew it. See, <laughs> I was like, aren't you the ninth or something? You're the eighth. Right. And I'm the 10th. Right. So we talked about this before, but it was a long time ago, like a year ago or something. Right. So 
Um, I don't know. Julie said she's asking if anybody's heard from Clarence. I have Clarence stopped talking to me when I stopped talking to everybody over a year ago. Right. So I have no idea what's going on with Clarence. You need to talk to Omar. Omar was the only person uh, or uh, or uh, Rob Yonks. Those guys in their little circle, they still all hang out. Um, so if you haven't heard from Clarence, maybe he had another heart attack. God, I hope he's OK. Uh, he does that. He goes. But he could have just um, disappeared for a minute, too. He's been known to do that, too. So I hope he didn't get have uh, is ill. But I would check with uh, Omar and Rob and they'll be able to tell you better than I would of uh, how Clarence is doing and what's going on with him. Right. So, uh, so I see, I got distracted now because of Clarence, you guys got me worrying about Clarence Mitchell. Anybody out there that knows anything about Clarence Mitchell, please let us know, let Julie know for sure. But let me know and I'll pr- and I'll give uh, Julie the information if you don't contact her directly. Uh, Omar's last name is, is I think it's Fazy, and don't quote me on how to say spell his last name. I'll have to look him up. Uh, give me a second here and I'll go to his YouTube channel right quick. Uh, and, uh, you, in fact, I think his YouTube channel is, um, I should probably do that on my phone. It's faster. Um, might be, well, look, up if you look up, uh, watchers, watchers talk or watchers, um, you'll find him there, but I'll look it up real quick for you. And then, and then, um, I was going to do it on my computer, but that'll screw up my internet when I'm talking to you guys. So I can do it faster on my phone. Because I, in fact, follow him on my phone as well. I'm subscribed. Watchers Talk is what his channel is called on YouTube. Okay. W-A-T-C-H-E-R-S. Second word, talk. T-A-L-K. If you go there, that's where he broadcasts all his stuff. And that'll help. He has a link there to his website. And you can go from there. Like, literally, he's doing the, the 2030 agenda right now. <laughs> he's, he's he's not live right this second, but he's but he did he just did it today. <laughs> he was he was live earlier today. Oh no, that was a five months ago. So what was he on today? 6 p.m. scheduled for today. He's gonna go live in a few minutes, guys. In a half an hour, he's scheduled to be live, uh, and he's gonna watch. So maybe I'll try to get off air by six. So you guys did want to listen in to, to Omar. 6 p.m. He's scheduled uh, NDE near death experiences. What really happens when you die with Todd Wilcox is is uh, going to be today, okay? Uh, scheduled, and then tomorrow he has he's doing NDE and near death experience all this week. He's been doing it for for the last few days now. So his his whole entire thing is near death experiences that he's working on, and he'll be talking about near death experiences um, it, 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 tonight at six p.m. right on YouTube on his YouTube channel, Watchers Talk. So look that up. And like I said, I'll try to get off here. We got another half hour and I'll get off here before 6 p.m. to be respectful for him because I am promoting his show to make sure that you guys can then run over there and take a look at Omar. But then you'll also subscribe to him and go back in his archives. And uh, if it's not there, contact him and and tell him that I had mentioned it, the Saturn stuff, and that you want a a link to his Saturn uh, investigation because he's done tons of tons of work on this. He's the one that did most of the work that I know anything about the Saturn worship that Karen's talking about is from my conversations with Omar and the study that he did for like a year on this subject. Okay. So um, yeah, best wishes for Clarence, Kevin. I agree. There it is. So Denise linked it. That's how you spell his last name. F-A-I-Z-I. Fazy, but I couldn't remember if it was F-A-I or F-I-A. You know, it depends on I'm learning 20 languages and some languages change those two letters around and it's pronounced the same way. 
we in English would say phasey with the AI sound. Uh, and, and then some people would say, you know, the, the phasey being the I silent with the A uh, second. Uh, and that would be a Swedish word. <laughs> right? And also a Dutch word. Right. And so that's why you have that letter where you have the A and the E combined into one letter, because some languages flip those two. Like, for instance, in German, the word D is D-I-E. And that's the American and the English word for die. Right. But it's D, 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 like the in German. So uh, that's the problem with these European languages is a lot of the stuff in some of the European languages, a B is a V and some of them are B is an F uh, sound, not a joke. Okay. So your energy that you project about yourself, your self-reflection reflects the energy that you draw from the universe. And this is why when I was younger, I used a positive affirmation when I was losing weight and working out where I, I tell people use six sticky notes and place them all around uh, and on your mirror, uh, wherever you're at, that, that you get into your head subconsciously and tell yourself positive affirmations because you don't realize that you're being bombarded with negative ones all the time, uh, including a lot of times from your own parents, grandparents, siblings, where they're telling, that's why I said that earlier, people, your dad or your mom or whatever, you're an idiot, you're useless. And we laugh when that's on TV, like the Wonder Years, where the guy called himself, his kid a moron his whole life. It's funny when you're watching it on a comedy, and but it's in real life, it's not funny. In real life, when that happens, it's not a comedy, but they're making a comedy out of it. So he took a look at his life, which was based, that show is based on what happened to him as a kid. And the same thing with the 70s shows. These Some of these shows that are retroactive are based on the writer's uh, life. And, and then they change it into comedy to make it funny because it's close to reality. The truth is it was abusive. His father abused him and called him a moron, but it was not his father's fault. And that was his point of why I still love my father and why it's funny because my father, I loved him, and, and, and but he didn't understand what was going on because he was corrupted and caught up in this and he didn't mean it in a, in a negative way. And he realizes that as an adult, that his father uh, is, is not, uh, oh, I know Omar's no Swede. Julie says, <laughs> Omar's no Swede. I know, but I couldn't remember because he is, you know, he is in fact uh, uh, half native and, and half uh, 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 Middle Eastern. So I wasn't sure of the spelling because that's a, that's an English spelling to his name. Uh, but it, but I guess it's not. So I wasn't sure if I think he's Pakistani, half Pakistani, something like that. Uh, uh, so I wasn't sure about the spelling. I almost and my, I almost said it, but I didn't want to be wrong. Right. Be, uh, it would be better not to say his name and spell it wrong. Right. And then he would be like, Leo, you've known me how long? And he would rather me go, fuck, dude, I don't remember how to spell it. Let me look it up. He would rather me say that than to get his name wrong. Right. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be angry with me, dude. I wouldn't spell it be like me spelling your name wrong. Well, everyone does it all day long. O'Neill with two L's, not a typo. I have to tell people my last name is is spelled O-N-E-I-L-L, -L, not a typo. I mean that people are like, what is that part of your name? Not a typo? No, but it, but it's but the two L's are not a typo. Everyone thinks it's a typo and they knock an L off. I'm like, my last name has two fucking L's on it. Please leave it alone. I wouldn't change your last name. People too. Oh, I thought it was a typo. Why? Because it was two L's. I remember when I, I had that one day and I didn't know this guy was, uh, was European and he was Scottish. And I started spelling my last name uh, to him. I said, that's, oh, that's uh, two L's. And he looked at me and he says, I'm European. I understand that. And I said, I apologize. I should have known by the red beard. And he goes, no, I could have been Jewish. They have red hair too. 
I said, right. And he says, no, I get it. He says, my name is McLaughlin. And I said, is it with a, with a PH or a GH? And he went, right. <laughs> it was with a GH. I was like, my mother's name was O'Rourke and people can't spell that right. Right. They're, they're like, how do you spell that? Oh, it must be O-R-O-K-E, R-O-K-R-E, R-O-R-K-E. It's, it's O apostrophe R-O-U-R-K-E. Do you see? It's an Irish Gaelic spelling. Rourke. It's literally phonetic. <laughs> it's harmonic. Rourke. Right? So it's, Karen says R-O-A-R-K, and that's wrong. It's R-O-U-R-K-E. Right. So if you but you were spelling it phonetically, if you took the, the, the U and the E off the end and put the A in there, it would still be the same. So phonetically, it's Rourke, just like you're sh showing it on the screen. That's that's actually if you were going to show someone how to say the word, that would be a good way of showing it. But that's not the actual spelling. It's it's, uh, it's O apostrophe R-O-U-R-K-E. So the E gives the U the A sound. Rourke. Right. Rourke. It gives you almost that same sound that the A would give to the to the roar, right? Because the English word roar is like a roar of a lion is R-O-A-R. -R. <laughs> Do you see? That's a Greek word, though. So there again, we think it's English, but it has its root in Greek, right? So the word roar, that sound, uh, is not what the word roar is. There's the actual spelling that you just put up on the screen, Karen, of my mom's last name, her maiden last name. Right? Yeah, Peter says 16 ways to spell my name. Sometimes my, my name, they, they spell it K-Y-L-E, right? Right? And, and, and in fact, I always say coil, and that's not right. I always say that. I say Peter Coil, and it's not actually coil, is it? It's actually, it's actually uh, almost kale. It's, 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 uh, it's with an Irish accent, so I say it wrong. You said it uh, on, because uh, we were just talking about this the other day. You said that. And you said it the way it's pronounced, and it's 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 uh, coil, coil. It's more of a it's more of a because it's Gaelic, so it's not it's not kale, it's not Kyle, right? But it's close to Kyle. It's an English spelling. I mean, I'm sorry, it's a it's an Irish spelling, a Gaelic spelling, and so the sound is more Kyle, right, than coil. And I always say coil, like there's a U in there. It's it's Kyle. And that's why people spell it K-Y-L-E, because it sounds Kyle. See, and I always say it wrong just looking at it. And that's I apologize for that. And I heard you say it the other night when you when you were talking and you said your last name. You were talking about it then, about people. <laughs> so all the different spellings. But, you know, Neil O'Neill, same thing, right? I had a teacher. His last name was Neil, and he spelled it N-E-E-L. And, uh, you know, in mine, before I changed it to, to O-N-E-I-L, uh, was N-E-A-L. I was born with N-E-A-L because that's what they changed it to when they got here. They came here and it was O'Neal, O-N-E-A-L, and then they changed that and took the O off to hide even further and left it N-E-A-L, which was an English spelling, or N-E-E-L, which is the true English spelling. That would be a John Bull spelling. For those of you who are American, you understand that term. A John Bull John Bull was what they called proper English back in the in the day in this country from the beginning of the country from colonial days with the macaroni in your hat put a feather in your cap and call it macaroni and that didn't mean macaroni like that like we uh, uh, use for macaroni pasta today and we got that word macaroni pasta from the shape of macaroni you guys should look that up by the way <laughs> it comes from the old sod. <laughs> Macaroni didn't mean a pasta. It meant the shape. It was a shape. Um, and that's funny, right? Macaroon, uh, in fact, is where that word comes from. And a macaroon is the shape of macaroni. Macaroni is being of the shape of macaroon. 
and that is the the crescent. That's where that comes from. <laughs> uh, yes, is gift is profit or pro, uh, a proper spelling? Right, is the proper uh, spelling is K C O Y O with a B? Right, he says I apologize. B and C O Y L E is the proper. That's like O N E I L L. N E I L L is the is the proper, although it's it's not ancient Gaelic because then that would be the nail N A I L E or N A I L L from nail of the nine houses, right? Nail of the nine, um, and and that was U nail, and we talked about that, Peter. You and I talked about that and the evolution of the word champion down to today, right? Coming from the gods of Ireland, right? So, yeah, and Casey, Cassie, right? Right, got the H in there. So Casey, I always say Casey, and it's probably pronounced Cassie, and I always say it wrong. Someone told me that, uh, right, like sassy. Yeah, see, there you go. And I always say Casey, and it's Cassie. And, and, and that's just me looking at and trying to be safe and not paying attention to it. That's that's my mistake. I apologize for that. See, now, you're, now I'll never say Casey again unless I screw up. That's like trying to say the San Diego Chargers. And they've moved to Los Angeles, and now they're the Los Angeles Chargers. And and people still say San Diego, and then they go, oh, darn it, even live on air. Okay, so what is all this? No, we're getting off topic, right? Well, we're not. All of this has to do with how people perceive you, and and what they and what they say and what they and what they do by your name, right? And the spelling of your name changes the way they think about you or what they say about you. And that's why name calling is so important to us because our names are not just surnames, even though that's what they want you to believe that your names are just surnames or like, uh, or like in uh, Pulp Fiction when, when uh, what's his name was the boxer. His name was Butch and the taxi driver said, uh, your name is Butch. What does that mean? He said, my, my name, honey, I'm American. Our names don't mean shit. And I remember seeing that in the theater and I was like, bullshit. Right. Our names mean shit. It's just that some people in America don't teach their children. So they don't think that names mean anything. Our names are titles. They mean shit. So it's not just your surname, but everybody wants you to believe that it's a surname. And that's why in America, well, we don't believe in royalty. So therefore, our names don't mean shit. The surname is just telling you what your DNA is. It doesn't mean nobility. So it's the hoity-toity people who are rich, who are setting up the caste system, are getting you to believe that a last name is is you know is showing you the the kingship and the nobility and that everybody else you're just fucking peasants because your name doesn't mean shit. Well, in their book it doesn't count because they only count what they want to count, and that's the same thing with people who get annoyed because somebody doesn't hold their utensils for eating the right fucking way. Right. Because I was brought up, you have to have the right fork for the right thing and the right spoon for then you. And when you dip your for your spoon in the soup, you you go away from yourself. Well, what the fuck does that matter? Right. I had somebody say to me and, and that she was watching these people eat and they were had the holding their spoons like they had a shovel in their hand. They were just shoveling the food in their mouth. And I was like, really? So you got upset because they didn't go to an Ivy League school or have a European upbringing for for upper aristocrats when you yourself are a peasant, right? But see, the, the thing is that you buy into that. That's why rich people wear rich shit, 
right? Because they do that to show they fit in. That's why I love that they put that in a television show where this guy, this girl said, we're going to have, we're going undercover. They were in the FBI. We need to get you a, a better uh, wardrobe because you look like you're, you're, you know, right out of, out of Walmart. And he says, this stuff is, is kind of expensive. And she said, not for where we're going. And then, you know, she, she said, do you think Kanye sells a, a t-shirt that should cost, you know, a dollar two ninety eight for $50,000 for no reason? People buy that shit because rich people wear shit to show people I belong here. Okay. They wear Rolexes. They wear glasses that cost $1,000, shoes that cost $10,000 a piece. They do that to show I am rich and, I'm, and, and I fit in here. I'm supposed to be here. So I, I don't dress like a pauper. So they do the same thing with the way they eat, the way they talk, the way they walk. They've done that on purpose. The English language is fucked up. Because the rich people had to add all these extra fucking words and letters into this language so that they only spoke a certain way and they could tell the, who was not uh, a, an aristocrat who didn't belong because they held their, they didn't know what the forks were or the spoons were and they held the wrong, they ate the wrong way. That was how the Germans were able to uh, seek out spies, American spies, because if you were European, and you're right-handed because 90% of the population of the planet is right-handed, you would you would hold your fork in the different hand. You would switch hands with your fork and put it in your left hand. If you're right-handed, you do this anyway. And you use your right hand to saw on things, but you would hold the fork in a certain way. And I'm not going to tell you what, which, which way is right and which way is wrong, but the truth is you're supposed to hold the fork not with the, your finger on the back of the fork stabbing into it with the fork upside down. You're supposed to still hold the fork the way you would eat with it, upright facing like a shovel away from you and stick it in the food and then cut it with your with your right hand because you're right-handed but then we americans do it the opposite way and we just pick up the meat while it's on the thing that we cut off on the fork stick it in our mouth and eat it and the germans and the aristocrats don't do that you then set the knife down and then switch with the piece of meat stuck to the fork switch it to your right hand the proper way and then pick it up and eat it and then continue on with your food. And if you have to cut again, you switch the fork into your left hand, pick up the knife, cut the food, set the knife back down, switch it back to your right hand and eat it. And Americans don't do that. We take the fork and we flip it upside down and we stick our finger on the back of the fork to get leverage. And we jab it into the meat and we cut off the food and we hold it upside down, pull it out, and shove it in our mouth and go back to finish doing that. The same thing with you when you're eating something on your plate. We don't take the fork and shove it away from ourselves. We scoop it to ourselves so we can trap it at the edge of the plate. And if you're Irish, you grab a piece of bread, especially American Irish, you grab a piece of bread in your hand with some butter on it. And if you're trying to get shit and it's rolling around on your plate instead of chasing it away from you, you chase it towards you and you take that piece of bread and shove it down on your plate in front of it so you can trap the shit and scoop it underneath with your a fork and lift it up and eat it and then you have that bread in your hand to soap up the sauce with which they really hate when you fucking do this you stick your bread in the gravy whatever it is barbecue sauce gravy whatever with that butter on it and then you bite the piece of bread while you have the meat in your mouth too to get all the flavors in your mouth at the same time and that's how they look at you and know that you're a slave because you do slave shit well you know what if you're American Irish, that's the proper way to eat the food. <laughs> and if you don't do that, people look at you and go, what are you, hoity-toity? That's why I love that saying here in America. What are you, hoity-toity? Right? And it's, the, the whole purpose of that is to show station. I don't give a spit. I don't give a shit. I don't give a lick. Or as the, the insane clown, clown posse would say, I give two fucks and a shit. 
or I give two shits and a fuck about all of that stuff. Because all of that is just me, if I'm aware of it and I'm trying to play into it as me being afraid that someone's going to look down on me because I'm eating with the wrong fork or I don't know what the right things are. I'm going to go to this uh, rich dinner at the White House and I have to know what the fuck it is the right way so I look like I fit in. I don't give a shit what I look like to those people. That was the whole purpose of the movie King Ralph, by the way. The entire purpose of the movie King Ralph was to show that he was turned out to be a better king than the one who died. Not because uh, he didn't, uh, not because he knew how to be a king, but because he knew how to be a person. And if you read the, if you read the art of war, if you want to lead the people, you have to learn how to follow them. And if you want people to follow you, you have to learn how to, to lead them. And to lead them means you have to follow them. That's teach, learn, learn, teach right out of the law of one. Okay. You have to learn how to be a subject to understand that. And that's why you hear it. it, it the, the, the kings did this all the time. Henry V did it. Many kings in history have done that where they dress up as paupers. They dress up as poor people. And they go out and they listen to and talk to the people. There's a, a scene in, I think it's in uh, Henry V. Don't quote me. It could have been in Macbeth because they, they did it in many. Uh, but I believe it was in Henry V where he dressed up as a soldier put on a hood and he went down and walked into the camps and actually talked to his own people about himself, right? And they didn't know he was the king. And he talked to his own people. It was Henry V. Kenneth Bernard did it very well. And uh, But they, they do that to get the ear of the people to understand what the people are thinking and saying about the king, about myself, about me. That's what the, the Buddha did. The Buddha, as it turned out, was the prince, was the Chinese prince, Okay, but he dressed as a pauper and went out to the people and they didn't know who he was. He was just some peasant as far as they knew. And people would talk openly about the prince, the king and everybody in front of him because he was just another dude in the bar or the restaurant or in town. Right. So anyone and that was the, the, the art of war. If you want to lead a people, you have to be one of them. And that's why that was the whole purpose of the Return of the King and and the entire Strider character in Lord of the Rings. He was hiding. He was just a, a, a ranger. Nobody knew he was the prince who was supposed to be king right now. And they were all looking for him. But the no, the people in the know knew who he was. Right. They all knew he was Aragorn. The people in the know, all the heads of the dwarves, the heads of the of the elves, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gandalf, they all knew who he was. He wasn't hiding from them. But they knew why he was hiding and they respected that. But his humble and humility that he learned from being out there as just a ranger allowed him to not be susceptible and corrupted. And he was a different person, but it took his wife to tell him that, uh, that you're not your father, you're not like your father. And the whole purpose of him doing that, he was afraid he was going to be corrupted like his grandfather was, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather. Uh, and he was afraid of that. But his humility is is the reason that he was a great king. Arthur Arturius was the same way. The reason that he was able to do what he did was he was humility, his humility, his humbleness. When he lost that is when his sister betrayed him and took on the guise of his wife and had sex with him and uh, got pregnant with their child. His brother, you know, his brother, nephew, what? Or his son, nephew, his son, nephew from his sister, wife, his sister. Uh, and, and. Uh, and then uh, that took his energy because she's an energy vampire. She was in service to self. She took his mirth. She took everything from him and he lost that which he was needed to be reminded. And then there was a, a years 
20-year quest and maybe even 30 years was a very, very long time, by the way, guys, you don't know this, uh, that the kid grew up. He was like in his 20s now. And the whole time the Knights were down to one night uh, uh, left of the original round table. And that was Percival. And he was the youngest of the Knights. He was the only one that would know him and, and Lancelot. Uh, there, was, there was only, no, there was a few. I think there were six still left. And they had their small army and they went after this entire big army. Uh, but they still beat them because they were far better knights and fighters. So, but that was, he lost all of that knowledge. And that was what, you know, you and the land are one. You are the energy of the land. That's the secret to the grail. And that was the, the what he needed to learn. That's what we all have forgotten. That was the whole lesson of all of that. Your humility is, that's why ignorance is bliss. Your humility and not knowing can save you as much as you're knowing and being able to defend. But the problem is, for those of you who seek knowledge, is as you start to seek knowledge, you become a bigger target because you are now starting to shine the other way. So once you start down that path, it, you know, again, that, that'll forever dominate your destiny, just like when you start down the dark path, forever will dominate your destiny. What they don't tell you is when you start down the path of knowledge, if you do that, there's a point of no return. And I try to warn people about it. If you want to go back, this is the place, not now or any of you that are in this audience right now, but those of you listening, those of you in the chat, you guys are already past that point. You guys know that. But those of you who are listening to me for the first time or just a few times and you're starting to wake up, know that. There is a place that if you don't turn back, you can never unlearn what you have learned. And because of that, you will be a target for the rest of your days. So you have to be aware. That's what the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So both sides are a trap. One causes you to go further down the dark hole. The other causes you to go further up the light hole. And, and you know, that's being up the creek without a paddle. If you don't bring in the paddle with you, then you're paddling upstream and you're uh, having resistance. That was what the whole purpose of that, by the way, is trying to tell you when you're up shit creek without a paddle is that you're up the creek without the tools to succeed. And what is that? Well, that's the knowledge, the pre-knowledge of there's a trap up upstream because the, the river, the further upstream you go, the, the more water is coming at you. So it's actually faster upstream than it is when it gets closer to the ocean. So, you have more resistance going upstream than you do going down, right? So that's the whole purpose, right? Call out demons and rebuke, right? So Peter says, you look at the rings. I'm going to get to what Karen was just starting. I started to say what she was saying. But Peter said, you look at the rings of power, the wizard who fell from the sky. He doesn't know his own name, and that's Gandalf, right? Uh, and it was revealed, uh, it was revealed, what is it? It, uh, it was Gandalf. It will be revealed this year. So, right, and so Gandalf, uh, he he when when he did that in the movie and in the book, he didn't remember his own name when Strider or Aragorn said that to him, and he then remembered because he was a different person now. Even though his body was still the same, he is now and Gandalf the White. Everything that he was was just a memory from the illusion that he was as Gandalf the Grey. They don't tell you that in the movie. That's great. Peter, I love that you say that in this. Uh, I love that you bring, bring that up because that is true in real life. Uh, and he doesn't know because he's now incarnate as uh, Gandalf the White. So everything about him is different now because he has now ascended 
to that place of point of no return. He's gone past the point of no return and everything that he was as Gandalf the Grey, he's no longer. So he then says, and this is if you watch the movie, they even put it in the movie. He says, oh, yes, they called me that once. That was my name, I think he says. This is a paraphrasing. That was my name before. But at first he didn't recognize his own name when he said Gandalf. He didn't recognize that. And then he remembered that that's who he was. And he smiled and said, oh, yes. But see, he was a different person now completely. So he started, because everybody knew him as Gandalf. He continued, but he was Gandalf the White instead of Gandalf the Grey. And then he was dressed in all white. His Everything about him was completely different, right? So uh, Peter was talking about that, and then they didn't reveal it. And then, uh, you know, I think they're they're going to, you know, that's what he's talking about, going to reveal that. But in the book, you knew that. If you read the books, you knew that. Uh, but you didn't know everything, but you knew that. You know, far more, you should always read the books. If you see a movie and you find out it was written from a book, read the book. You're going to be disappointed with the movie after you do. <laughs> always. They're so much better because they don't edit anything out. You know, whatever the guy got in the book is what he got in the book. So then Karen was talking about, she said, call out demons and rebuke them so God can engage their soul and save them, right? And that's why, and that's good. And then she says, there is a, there is a, a sword of the spirit, God word, right, that you will need. And, and then she says, uh, once you gain the knowledge, you have uh, a responsibility. Absolutely. So the reason that Karen is saying that about, uh, is she's telling you that you're not supposed to be engaging because there is no war between good and evil. The only war that's supposed to be between good and evil is the one that's supposed to take place within you. And this is what Ra is teaching and everyone else, Jesus, Mohammed, Moses, even David, Daniel, everyone, Thor, Odin, all of these people. It doesn't matter what religion that you subscribe to, the message that your God or your deity, or whatever you want to call that male or female deity that's in charge, is the same, okay? There is no war that is physical between good and evil. It's what's playing out in your mind. And then I got to go because it's 6 o'clock and, and uh, Omar is going to start, okay? He's starting right now, so I'm going to go. But the war is in your mind. The prison that you're in is in your mind only. You're supposed to take care of you. The external will take care of itself because your energy changes. And this is why Karen says you're not, don't, you don't want to fight them, right? You want to rebuke them to do not do the harm to you and then allow God to take care of the spirit of those people. Do you see? You, you do not have to be the sword. This is why she's saying there's a sword word of the spirit. You do not have to physically attack or fight. We don't have to win that. It's already won. We just have to get them to realize that they've lost and change their ways. You don't have to be the one, the messenger to do that. To do that, all you have to do is take care of yourself and everything around you takes care of uh, itself around you because the old, you'll cut those people out of your life that are in service to others or in service to self. I mean, you'll cut out all people that you want to want to have that energy in your life and you'll cut them all out. And that, that alienates them. It might make them mad and it might make them be like that, but it alienates them and pushes them away and their, their unit gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yours gets larger and larger because if you're going to church, you're like-minded people, everybody's going to church. All of a sudden, all the energy is propagating on each other's energy and your whole life becomes better because you cut out the negative. You don't have to fight them to win. What you have to do is take that out of your heart and accept the, the goodness within your heart and live your life 
and make sure that everybody around you knows that you're doing that and show that be hashtag be the change you want to see in the world. Okay. I love you. I'll leave you at that. It's three minutes after Omar show is starting. You guys go there. If you want to watch Omar, please go to, to watch Omar show on YouTube. He's talking about near death experiences. He's live right now. I love you guys. I'll see you on Monday, hopefully on Ariel's show. Uh, and then I'll see you back here on Friday. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. Go and watch Omar. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs>